love, kindness, human connection. These are some of the things we talk about on the Danny Painter Show. It's a thing. This show is intended for a more mature audience. We might sometimes say bad words. with me is someone um, who we're going to get a little bit serious with for this one, I think. David Bayover. He is leading a project called the Hashtag Lean On Me and it's not what you think. But before we get into that, hi David, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks very much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Okay, so you're about to knock some, some Instagram posts and some very cool people off of their pedestals today, I think, because <laughs> a lot of the people that the youth are looking up to are doing this one thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to be straight up with you. I've done it. Um, I, I have, I've lived in my youth and everyone I know has done it also. So we're going to be talking today about lean. And if you don't know what that is, David is going to tell us what is lean. Okay, so essentially what lean is, is it's a combination of firstly, the most popular, the cough syrups, which contain codeine, but it's mixed with other ingredients, such as, for example, what we call the um, uh, liquids, which make it more palatable. They use Sprite, they use Mountain Dew, they use all these different types of cold drinks that are making it easier to swallow. And then also they sometimes put in some fruity flavored candy as well. And that can be, it makes it into a concoction. Mm. Now, right at the start, I want to just mention that when we're talking about a concoction, we're talking about something that we actually don't know. If you haven't made it yourselves, you have no idea what it is that you're actually taking. Yeah. And that, of course, then starts to present the first problem that we've got. What am I actually drinking? What am I actually taking? Yeah. If we come back to the coding part of it, and what we understand from codeine is that it's firstly it's an opiate. If you look at the chemical name, it's 3-methylmorphine. And we all know how serious morphine is. Yeah. So codeine is converted into morphine in the body. Now, that immediately tells us that we're dealing with something that is highly addictive. Yeah. And that is what the youth need to start understanding is that what is this that they're actually taking? Essentially, they're taking morphine at the end of the day. Wow. Also, because it's not coding on its own, it comes in a cough syrup or it comes in a pain mixture, whatever it is that they're drinking in excessive quantities, which we know, they're also getting with it other ingredients. Mm. And one of the other ingredients could be alcohol. Now, that already tells us that now we've got morphine mixed with alcohol. So if you're not taking it in the right dose, you're taking it in excessive quantities, how much more are you exposing yourself to danger? And those are the reasons why the Norwood PC Forum have got together and decided that they needed to do something about this in order to educate the youth exactly what it is that they're taking and what they're actually doing to themselves. David, it's not often that someone gets involved in a cause without having that cause have touched them personally. Why this one for you particularly? What is your backstory? Okay, so... I'm going to be absolutely very unpopular here when I say I have no idea why they're taking it because I haven't taken it. I've never used it. 
My background is that I am a pharmacist. Mm. And as a pharmacist, I became concerned about the fact that I was seeing people using medication inappropriately. And that got me into doing research on what is it that makes a person in the first instance decide that they're going to take more than what they're supposed to be taking in the Mm. first instance. And what is the benefit that it's having on them? But then the research led me further down the road where I started looking at what is the dangers associated with overuse of these types of medications. So that is the background where I'm coming from. Okay. What I'm presenting is the scientific evidence that we have available to us, which is what people need to know and for them to understand in terms of what the long-term harmful effect is going to be in the future. It's not about the immediate gratification that they're getting now, but where is it going to lead them to down the road? So before we get into that, just super honestly, um, I haven't done it in years, but it was definitely a thing that a friend's group of mine was doing. Um, It was a Friday night, Saturday night thing. We were too young to be able to buy alcohol, uh, but we could buy cough mixture and we could buy, you know, the codeine cough mixtures. They were OTC. You didn't have to get a script for them. You could hit up a couple of pharmacies in the small town that I live in and no one would question it because no one knew what it was for. Um, and you would just send the most responsible person, the one with the good grades, the one with a nice family into the pharmacy and the pharmacist would give them as many bottles as they wanted. And um, it was just I think a way to pass the time and it was fun. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It definitely did make you incredibly lethargic and hung over the next day. Um, and once or twice we did have friends who were very, very ill from it, very ill to the point of almost hospitali- hospitalization. And as we grew, we kind of grew out of it. Um, A couple of my friends, though, and people are going to hate me for saying this, went from leaning to a little bit harder to a little bit harder. And I have seen those people now recently. And it is incredible the difference between us without speaking down on anyone's lived experience. And I wonder, I have to wonder if it was not those Fridays and Saturdays that became Thursdays and Wednesdays and Fridays and Saturdays that became Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays and Wednesdays and Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays in formative years, because people that are leaning are in their formative years, right? There we're talking youth um, that had an effect and led these, these humans into this addictive situation. Um, what is, you're a pharmacist, what is the long-term effect of something like a, a codeine cough mixture used not in the prescribed way um, over a long period of time? Denny, I want to just come back before I answer that question. I just want to come back to what you've just described here, which is very, very important, and I don't want to lose it. What we were saying over here is, and I think that this is something that we need to understand, Hmm. nobody sets out in life with an ambition to become an addict. No, no. That's the reality. The reality is that, unfortunately, there are some people who are more inclined to have a problem than others. We know very often people can have a glass of wine at the dinner table, 
And if that's the dinner over, that's the wine over. Mm. But for others, once they start, they can't stop. Yes. So this is what, what the research is showing us. What is it that makes the difference between a young kid who starts and the kid who becomes totally dependent on it? Others do it. They say, I've done that. I've worn the T-shirt. And that's it. I'm out of here. But for others, they go down a downward spiral, which is what we're trying to guard against. We also understand, and you said it yourself, it was exciting when you did it. Yeah. You, you really felt that there was a euphoric feeling. Yeah. The fact that afterwards, yes, you were full of lethargy and all that type of thing, that's clearly understood because of what you've actually taken. But the bottom line is that you did get that immediate gratification and it changed you feel, as a, at the time, different to what you were feeling before. It brings us to the point then, why do people have to take something chemical to feel different? And th those are the issues that we need to start exploring as well. Mm. And by all means, everybody wants to put a smile on their face. Everybody wants to have a good time, especially when you're in an environment where everybody else is doing it yes. and you see that they're having a good time. So, you know, this is how complex the whole situation is. But okay. Having said that, let's come back to the question about what is the long-term harmful effect and where does this lead you to? Yeah. One of the Am big I problems, really, really hurting myself doing it? Well, absolutely. And I think, that, and the point that I was making earlier is that you want to realize that perhaps the worst possibility is that this is the gateway to other drugs. Mm. Because what you find is that, and this is the way that the brain works, this is the way that the body works. You develop a tolerance and you have to start taking higher and higher doses. Yeah. And as you take higher and higher doses, you find, well, hang on, wait a minute. Maybe there's something that is a little bit more potent that I don't have to take so much, but it's going to give me an even better effect. It's the progression from where you start using to abusing and eventually then becoming dependent on the drug because of the tolerance that you've built up. And the gateway could be to using heroin or it could be using things like morphine. That's the other danger that people need to be totally aware of from what it's doing to the body and what it's doing to your own body, which you're going to have to use for the rest of your life, is that, yes, it causes, besides the normal memory losses that you start having because it's having an effect in the brain, the listlessness that you find that you need to have something as a stimulant to lift you up, whether it be from a psychological point of view, because when, it, when the drug that you were taking wears off, you come down into a hellhole and you say, hang on, wait a minute. I don't have to be here. If I just took some more of that stuff, mm. I'd be lifting myself out again. Mm. And that's where this dependence starts to develop. It causes headaches. It causes blurred vision, uh, dizziness, nausea. And the worst thing is that codeine causes constipation. So you've now messed up your whole stomach mm. as well at the same time. In the long term, those are the immediate things that you're going to start noticing. But in the long term, it goes even worse. You start getting urinary tract infections. Your whole metabolism changes and you'll start putting on weight. Wow. Um, there's, you, you develop a trouble with breathing because it acts as a suppressant for the way that you breathe. And that's why people become, they lose consciousness. They become comatose because wow. of the fact that they can't breathe anymore and can also lead to seizures. I, I think that in order to explain this, we need to recognize that it's having an effect in the brain. Hmm. And it's that brain that has to look after us for the rest of our lives. 
And if you start messing with the chemistry in the brain, then that's when you start having these long-term harmful effects developing as well. That whole brain reward system kicks in and you can't stop. You know, and we're doing this when we're so young and we're not even fully formed and our, our chemicals are still kind of figuring it out and we're putting this into our bodies. But everything that you're saying, I've seen or experienced from doing this. I mean, that crash the next day, that depressive state that you're in, it is, it's undeniable that it does happen. And I mean, I wasn't even doing it every weekend. It was every once in a while. But that Saturday afterwards, I can tell you, I hated my life. And I can definitely see how you would reach for something um, to pick you up for sure. But just to talk about the the effects that it has, I mean, you know, I, I didn't know this. And now with the research on like on gut health and how it's your second brain and how it can affect your, your mental health as much as your brain chemistry can and how you should be looking after your body holistically. Um, it just seems like this Friday night of fun is actually putting holes in the foundation for like you say when you're hitting 35 40 because what you're doing at 16 it's not necessarily going to go away like you've done the damage you 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 have a choice of how much damage you're going to do i think um and what that does to you long term and also like you you were saying the the breathing it's a cough mixture of course it's going to affect your breathing but then also david you you know, we see a lot of celebrities who are mixing alcohol and um, opiates and these celebrities are losing their lives. Is this also a part, this is surely a possibility with lean? Absolutely. We, we know that there are a number of them that actually talk about lean in the lyrics that they're using yeah. and the songs that they're singing. And they're explaining very, very easily how easy it is to get hold of and what the effect is going to be. And yes, we've got a number of them. Um, the, the rappers, uh, Lil Wayne, uh, Justin Bieber, all of these have mentioned lean in their songs. Yeah. And, and this is, of course, what also leads to youth in particular thinking it's cool. The other thing that we also must remember is that it's not an illegal substance. And you mentioned it yourself. It's very, very easy to obtain. Yeah. So if, it's, if you're found, at least it's not cocaine that you're found with. It's not an illicit substance, so you're not going to go to jail because of that. So these are the other reasons why the youth particularly like to use something like lean. The problem that we have is that they don't understand enough about the long-term harmful effects. Yeah. And that is what this whole campaign is really all about. It's not saying don't do things. It's your choice. It's up to you. But what we do want you to know is that you're making a decision which has to be an informed decision Mm. as to where is it going to lead you down further down the road. And the problem is you don't know whether you're going to be able to kick the habit early or whether you're going to become totally dependent on it, and that's the danger. David, can you die? Could we be at a party on a Friday night with someone who maybe doesn't metabolize it well and drink all of us the same amounts and have a great merry old time and someone dies? Is that a possibility? Absolutely. There are lots of cases where people have actually overdosed on it as well. Okay. And I think you need to take this into reality. Yeah. When your brain starts having the effect of the chemical that you're taking, you're losing control of what you're actually doing. Mm. How do you realize that, hang on, wait a minute, I've had too much, when the brain itself cannot function normally? 
So you're just going to carry on doing it. And the more people feed you, the more you're going to take because, wow, everybody else is doing it. What's wrong with me? I'm also going to have some. Yeah. So, and, and that is very, very often what causes the overdose. Yes, there have been lots of cases of overdose and particularly some of the statistics, which I'm not going to quote because they are really irrelevant. But the bottom line is that, yes, we do get cases from the hospitals where they have found pa- patients who have overdosed on something as simple as codeine. And le- le- let me just explain something as well, maybe for your listeners' benefit. We have what we call fast and slow metabolizers, because you mentioned the fact that your stomach and your metabolism is going to change. We don't know whether we are slow or fast metabolizers. And that is something that also causes people to take excessive quantities more than what their body can actually handle. Yeah. It's the same as if I go to a cricket match or a rugby match with my next door neighbor and we each carry a six pack with us, I have one out of my six and he has his six plus my five that are left over Mm. because he is twice my size and he can handle it. I can't. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. So, but when you're under the influence of the drug and your brain is affected by it, you are no longer in control and you don't know when you've had too much. Okay, now we know that this is obviously a problem amongst the youth overseas because we see it. We see it in rap videos. We see it on TikTok. We see it on Instagram, on Snapchat. Like everyone is doing it. It's very cool, right? How big of a problem is it in South Africa? So let me just say that if it wasn't codeine, it would be something else. Okay. Because what we have in South Africa is we have an environment where our youth are being brought up, mm. which is conducive to using irrespective of what the chemical is, okay. irrespective of what the drug is. And this is essentially where the problem lies. You see, when we talk about addiction, the latest science tells us that what we are looking at is we're looking at three components. The one is the agent, which is the drug itself. Yeah. The other one is the host, who is the person and what effect it has on the person and what who that person really is. And finally, it's the environment that they find themselves in. Now, we know that particularly with our youth at the moment, the environment is not great. There's the very slight possibility that even after matriculating or graduating at university, that they're going to get a job. Look at the unemployment situation. Yeah. Look at the fact that there are limited resources available for them for recreational purposes. We don't have enough recreational purposes. Where do the kids climb a tree in Hillbrow? There are no trees in Hillbrow. That's how we used to spend our time having fun before. They can't do that anymore. They can't even kick a ball in Hillbrow. So the, the environment that they are being brought up in is not conducive either. We've also got the problem where the possibility is that there are gangsters, gangsterism in the environment that they're bringing, being brought up in. And if they don't become part of the gang, they're not going to survive in that area. Mm. So they have to become part of the gang. And once they become part of the gang, they then have to do what the gang tells them. And if the gang says, go and commit some other crime or whatever it is in order to bring in money or whatever, they're going to have to do that. Otherwise, they're not going to survive. Now, All of these are the issues, the environment that we find our youth being brought up in at the moment. And we have to change that. And we have to do something about that in order for them not to have to look at leaning on something like a substance to change how they feel. 
rather lean on me. Let me try and help you. And that's exactly what this campaign is all about. So that's where it all comes from. But coming back to the point that what we're talking about is we're talking about the environment and government has to do more in order to be able to deal with the problem that we have with drugs, whether it's codeine, whether it's something else, irrespective, Mm. the problem that we have is a societal problem as much as it is a health problem. And society and the government has got to look after our society in order to make that change and do more for our youth in order to ensure that they don't find themselves sitting on street corners, festering in boredom without anything to do because there are just no job opportunities for them. Yeah, That is one of the priority areas that we have to engage in. They also have to be given the proper education that they need, not in terms of the fact that, yes, they went to school and they got a matric or whatever it is, but did they graduate with life skills? Did they graduate feeling good about themselves? Did they feel that they've got a a, a good self-esteem? All of those areas that need to be developed properly as well. And then let me just come back to another point before I forget. I'm sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> the problem that we've got is that you, you were talking about doing it in your youth. Hmm. Now, the brain is developing while you are in your youth. Yeah. And if you're taking these chemicals and you're assaulting the brain while you are developing the brain, you're going to be left with an ill-defined brain. For sure. Oh, Prefrontal cortex, the front of the which is the most important part, develops up until we're 25. Mm. So anything that you're doing at that early and you're assaulting the chemistry in the brain, you're affecting your own development later on in life as well. And those are the problems that we've got in terms of why people shouldn't be relying on something chemical to change how they feel and Mm. rather look at other avenues, which is what we are trying to show with this Lean On Me campaign as well. You know, you've you've hit the nail on the head, and it's something that I've actually we've we've been talking about in in my age group for a little while now. How you know the with the leaning, the the drinking too early. The there's a reason that all of these things are there's there's a timeline, right? You can drink when you're 18. Um, you can you can do these things, but you know other things like um taking Adderall to study. Um, taking ephedrine. In my day, we didn't have Adderall. We would take ephedrine to study. And we were doing these things quite consistently. And a lot of us didn't realize the effects that what we were doing at 16, 17, 18, 19 and in varsity would have on us at 35, 36 and 37. We in a friends group, um, I think out of 10 of us, only two of us don't have a mental health condition, anxiety, depression, um, OCD, all of these things. And we were talking about it over a, a Zoom not so long ago. And what came up was that we we 100%, I mean, it's not science-backed, it's not peer-reviewed, it's just in a group of normal human beings that the things that we were doing in high school and in university have definitely come back to bite us. So I can only imagine how bad something like codeine and vodka, which is what we were doing, um, and Sprite, is going to come back and hurt you when you're my age. I think, I think that that's what the youth don't realize. What we do now definitely affects you in your old age. Um, but also, David... You've just highlighted the biggest problem in the world. How, oh, how, what are we even doing? How are you even still so positive? Because I'm sitting here, I'm like, well, that's okay. Well, that's it then. 
I, I think that the most important thing and the, perhaps the most important message that we're trying to get out, particularly with this campaign that we're talking about now, that there's a lot more education that needs to be given. And at the end of the day, the youth are going to make and decide for themselves what they want to do and that they're yeah. entitled to. That is their right. Yeah. No one is telling them what to do. And I'm certainly not going to be anybody who's going to tell anybody else what to do either. Yeah. But what I am saying is, Let's just get some of the facts out there in order for you to make an informed decision as to whether you want to take that risk or not. Yeah. Remember that it's the brain reward system that is going to dictate to you whether you carry on using or not. Mm. And I'll give you an example. If I walk into a home and someone has just baked some bread, I immediately start what? salivating mm. and saying, hang on, wait a minute. I recognize that. And you know what? I'm going to have, have some. It isn't a conscious decision that I'm hungry. It isn't a conscious decision that I have to have bread. It's just the brain reward system that tells me, wow, that's pleasurable. Yeah. And it attracts you to do it immediately. Yeah. Now, this is the problem that our youth are finding as well. Once you've experimented with that drug and you've realized the effect that the, bread, the, 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 that the drug can have on you, the brain doesn't forget. Yeah. I don't know when the last time was that you rode a bicycle. But I promise you, even today, if you had to get onto a bicycle, you would still be able to ride that bicycle yeah. because the brain doesn't forget. And it's that brain reward system that we're talking about that then compels us when we are in a certain environment, when we're in a certain uh, mixing with certain people, when the drugs are available and they're all in front of us. It's not a conscious decision. It's a trigger. It's that brain that drives you as a result of the experience that you've had before and yeah. you've realized that this is pleasurable. That's why people relapse. That's why people can't give up so easily. Yeah. Ask anybody who's a smoker, how many times have you promised that you're going to give up? <laughs> every Monday or every, every Monday. Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> so, but these are the realities. And, and we just want the youth to be aware mm. that it's not about the past only, it's not about the present, but more importantly, it's about the future. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so what can we do? What, what, what can just normal South African human beings living in the suburbs, in the CBD, wherever we live, what can we do in our immediate family to curb this? Um, thank you. That's a brilliant question. And I'm, I'm, I, I, it's important that we are not picking on the youth. I'm saying that the education program that we need to put out there is for adults as well, mm. and particularly for parents. Mm. Parents, and I know the amount of stress that parents have and how difficult it is. We, we, we all graduated to become parents without ever having graduated, <laughs> and we never went through any training, yeah. but we all graduated, and now we expected to bring up our youth and see that they are okay. So as parents, we need to know a lot more. As parents, we also need to understand that this is something that we cannot be in denial about. Very often we hear parents saying, oh, it's just a stage that they're going through. They'll outgrow it. Unfortunately, for a lot of parents, their children didn't get a chance to outgrow it. Yeah. And that's the reality. Don't sweep it under the carpet. If there's an issue that you're afraid is perhaps leading down the path where the child or the youth are going to be affected by it, then rather confront it head on. But again, you need to be educated about what it is that you're looking out for. When you 
playing the detective that you want to now be, you need to know what is the difference that I'm actually looking for. Yes. What is important? What am I recognizing? Is this perhaps just a phase? And, you know, when, when you're growing up, you're not, as a youth, you're not always comfortable with the way you're growing up. Yeah. You might be developing too much. You might be developing too little. You might be looking at someone and saying, wow, if only I could be like that. And that's normal as well. So let's do everything possible to try and do it. But if you're giving your children the ability to be able to understand that they should feel good about themselves, irrespective that they are as good as anybody else, yes. and that taking something chemical is not going to change that, mm. let's see what more we can do for you. And that's the whole education program. Parents must also recognize the fact that, yes, there are telltale signs that they are ignoring, and maybe they shouldn't be ignoring. So what are those telltale signs that they should be looking out for? And there's a whole host of them. Like, for example, just when your, your, your children normally bring their friends home, and now all of a sudden they're mixing in another circle of friends, and they're not bringing them home. They would rather go and spend time at someone else's house rather than bringing the friends home to their house. Mm. There's a telltale sign that you need to start recognizing. What are they hiding? Why would they prefer to sleep over as someone else rather than having everybody sleeping over at their place? Because maybe you are too strict and they can't get away with what they were wanting to do. And the other party, their parents don't care. You know, parents often say, I need to make sure when you leave that you're looking good. And I want to see how you're looking when you leave. How many parents know what their children look like when they come home? <laughs> and maybe that's far so more. Bad. Never mind what they look like when they go out. Yeah. But be more concerned about what do they look like when they come back. Yeah. You know, so the, these are all the education programs that we need to put out there for parents as well. In order for them to be making a positive impact on the upbringing of their own children as well. Yeah. They must keep their channels of communication open with their children. I think one of the problems that most parents have is that on Saturday afternoon, we're going to visit so-and-so. On Friday, we're going to do this. And on Sunday, we are going to do this. But did you ask the child what they would like to do? Mm. Did you ask them to say, maybe there's something that you find more pleasurable and I wouldn't mind doing that with you as well. Yeah. Do what the child wants to do rather than you always telling the child what they've got to do on the weekend with you and they're not allowed to do other things. Yeah. You know, th th these are all the different problems that we find in normal life. And then you need to be very, very careful about some of the messaging that you're giving. When a father comes home in the afternoon or in the evening from a bad day at the office, and he says to his kid, pour me a double, I've had a bad day. The message is, if you're feeling bad, one's enough. If right. you're feeling terrible, take two, <laughs> it's better. So, you know, the, the, and, and those are the messages that the kids are gonna pick up on and they're not going to forget. Saying to a child, don't be stupid. The child says, hang on, my mother, my father said I'm stupid. Yeah. You know, the, the, these are the type of skills that we need to develop for our parenting skills as well. Hmm. And then, of course, for the children, they need to understand that if they want to feel better about themselves, they can do it. I often say, can you kick a ball? And they say, yeah. I say, can you score a goal? And they say, no. I say, well, because you haven't tried hard enough. Yeah. Go and practice some more and you'll be able to score the goal as well. It's not about just kicking the ball. It's about scoring the goal. So go and practice. Go and spend some of that lean time that you've got 
lean in terms of empty, <laughs> that lead time kicking the ball, but scoring goals. Yeah. Go and develop the skills, and that will give you pleasure. Those are the types of messaging that we need to make sure that we get out there in terms of education programs. You know, David, just on the communication from a parent's point of view, I think this is something that we especially now have overlooked, especially with having the world in your hand, right? And that never leaves your hand. This is always on you, whether it's in your bra, in your pocket, in your hand, in the kit. Like, another always, addiction. It's another addiction, right? But <laughs> I think that this has ruined a lot of the communication. And and I I... I have a very, I have a point that I always like to make when, when we talk about communication with children. Children are going to do stupid things, not stupid things. Children are going to ex- experiment and explore, right? And I, I have a personal story where I smoked marijuana for the first time, never done it before. Obviously, I didn't know what to expect. I did it with a group of people I didn't know in a place that I didn't know. Had I not had open channels of communication to my parents, the situation that I found myself in shortly thereafter would have ended vastly differently than me being able to message my mom immediately and go, I need you to come and fetch me. I've done something bad. And I knew I was going to get in trouble. I didn't get in trouble that day because I was high and she knew it wasn't going to land. But I... I just look back at that and I think it could have ended so much differently. Your kids are going to experiment. Your kids are going to go and drink vodka in a felt somewhere with their friends. Your kids might lean. Your kids might try harder drugs. It, it, it's inevitable that they're going to do something that you don't approve of. The point I think that I, I need to make here is that you need to be their safe space. That yes, they might be drunk but they're not drunk and hurt because they've been able to phone you. And much like a lean situation where you're all sitting in someone's garage, um, writing lyrics and painting on the wall and being just very cool and listening to hip hop. If someone does get hurt or sick, I would like my kids to be able to phone me and say, listen, I need your help. So-and-so has just collapsed, you know? So I think communication is key. That's vital. It's vital that the children need to know that their best friend are their parents. Yeah. The friends that they have got, that they have got otherwise outside of that environment are going to be there when it's cool for them and when it suits them. But parenting is very, very important as long as you can keep that channel of communication open. Yeah. And we need to sit down and have these discussions with the youth have that discussion openly so that they know that they can talk to you when, and they're going to be faced with that problem. Mm -hmm. They're going to be enticed into it. They're going to be introduced to it, whether they like it or not. It's inevitable that someone is going to put that enticement in front of them and induce them to try, look at us. It's cool. Mm -hmm. And what the kids are seeing also is that even if they had to do it, when they come back on Monday, everything seems normal again. So let's do it on the weekend and look at your friends and see what they look like on Monday. They all look normal again. So why not? But it's not about the immediate. It's not about now. It's about the future. And where does that lead you to? Those are the type of discussions that we've got to have with our parents. And as parents, we need to be brutally honest Mm. with our children as well. If I've done it, 
I've got to tell you what it was and what effect it had on me. Yes. Because otherwise, they're not going to talk to us if they know that you're hiding the truth as well. For sure. So be brutally open about it, but for the reason. And the right reason is for them to be able to make an informed decision at the end. Of the we, we encourage our children to have an inquiring mind. Mm. We want them and we say, well, go, 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 go and do that and see what it's like. But at the risk of them not being able to stop because of that brain reward system that has kicked in. And that's what they need to understand. This is a mental condition where some people cannot stop on their own because the brain reward system and your particular genetic makeup is what predisposes you to have to carry on using it more and more. And for others, that was it. I've done it. I'm out of here. Thanks so much for the trip. Yeah. David, if there is a parent or a kid or or whoever listening now and they want to find out more, they want to get involved in the hashtag Lean On Me campaign, they maybe want to bring that campaign into their own um, area. How do we get in touch with you? Where, where do we find more? So the Norwood Community Policing Forum are the people that are running the campaign. They are the ones that they must get in touch with. Unfortunately, I don't have a number for them, but it's the normal police station. I'll put it in the comment box. And and then there are other agencies like, for example, Lifeline. There's uh, SADAG, which is another very good resource. Uh, People who will always be able to point you in the right direction. There are the um, people like, for example, Sanka. They're all out there. But what is important for them to understand as parents is that this is something that is a very specialized area. Yeah, It's not something that you can deal with effective, effectively on your own. Take as much advice as you can. Lean on us. Lean on me. Let us help you and point you in the right direction. That's really what it's all about. Awesome. I will put all of those all of those contacts in the in the comments and in the article. Um, David, thank you. This has been incredibly informative. I think a lot of parents are going to go home now and kind of look at their kids a little bit differently, which is good. Um, but also, I think I think you've 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 definitely highlighted the fact that yeah, it's fun now. The long-term consequences are what we care about, and we don't want you to not have fun. And we want you to hang out with your friends, but also you have a whole life ahead of you and you really don't want to be stuck with liver damage, brain damage, you know, mental health issues, um, all kinds of disordered living and thinking and eating that could have been avoided had you not found yourself in this situation. And I think this just bring, brings me back to my mom always used to say, be careful of your friends because you are who you hang with. And it is very, very true. Surround yourself rather with people who are attaining something, who are working towards something that will push you higher as opposed to like what I did um, and sitting in a garage um, drinking codeine on a Friday. It's not not a great lifestyle and it's not going to get you anywhere. Absolutely. And as you said, it's about the future. This is what we are more concerned with. Yeah. Are you... They've got very little to look forward to. We need to change and make that as comfortable for them as possible and to give them the right tools 
in order to be able to sustain their lives going forward without having to depend on something chemical to change the way they feel. Yeah. Because nothing's going to make you happy except you. David, <laughs> thank you very, very much for your time. This, this was incredible. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity, then. Appreciate it. Remember, you can catch the full video on xotv.me and you can meet us in kind of real life. Thanks to DJ Chuck for the music. You can catch him at www.chucksprosound.co.za. New episodes on Jackpot and XOTV every Monday. Love you.